Welcome to the Introvertpreneur Podcast. Take a breath because you are in the right place and you can finally stop apologizing for being an introvert. I'm Tara and I've discovered how to thrive as an entrepreneur while being 100% true to myself. Now I want to help you do the same. In these episodes, you're going to find everything you need to build a successful service-based business so you can stop competing with extroverts and grow and market your business with ease. Are you ready? Welcome back to another episode of the Introvertpreneur Podcast. We are joined today by Carrie Ginsburg. She is supporting people through personal or organizational transformations. She is a professional certified coach through the International Coaching Federation, and she was one of the first 500 recipients of the globally recognized Certified Change Management Professional Accreditation. She is known as the head badass in charge of Uproar Coaching And she supports leaders who want to get loud and be boss bitches themselves. I love your business and your messaging and how you help people. So I'm so excited to chat with you. Oh, I'm so thrilled to talk with you as well. And I will say all of the neon and the uproariousness aside, I'm an overcompensating introvert. So I am happy to be speaking with you and your community today. This is going to be great. I feel like these are my people. I love that. Yeah. I feel like I'm the same way with my brand colors. They're very bold and out there and I'm definitely not. (laughs) So I love that. And I'd love to start off maybe telling us a little bit about your story, how you got started in business as a coach and what you do for the people that you work with. Absolutely. Yeah. So my company is Upper Coaching. And like you said, I support people, particularly women and femmes, although I do coach the occasional man in executive leadership and life coaching matters. Coaching has always been a part of my toolkit when I worked in corporate, when I was a leader in the federal government, supporting people through moments and opportunities of transformation, supporting the business or the organization and these, these opportunities to really have good lasting impact to their employees. It's just always been something that's very, very important and very valuable to me, especially because as I was coming up and I was establishing myself as a non-traditional leader, I didn't really think like other leaders before me around the table. I didn't really look like other leaders. My approach to problem solving was wildly different than what was prescribed through all of the leadership books that I was reading on the shelves or the models that were before me in the business place. I felt really isolated. And when I looked for mentors, I felt as though they were trying to mentor out of me the things that made me sparkling and colorful and different and dynamic. And quite honestly, those differences evolve industry. They take leadership to a new level. They push organizations into the future. And so by making me more beige, uh, it was sort of not only holding me back and asking me to stifle a good portion of who I am, but I felt like in a way it was also holding back the company, the individual's opportunities to grow and evolve and try something new and innovate. And so because I had those experiences of myself of feeling like I've been held back, of feeling like I had to behave in a way that was not authentic or honest to who I truly am, I saw how much it was taking a toll on me. And I could see other people who were also sparkly and different and non-traditional in their approach, having the same things happen to them. 
And it's just really sad to see when people aren't given the opportunity or felt like they're empowered to take the opportunity to be their truest, most colorful selves. And so by being a leader, by having coaching as a really big part of my toolkit of finding opportunities to break out of the boxes that I was put in to be the leader that I knew I could be and the leader that I really wanted to be, I found that it was giving other people permission to do that for themselves. So as the pandemic arrived and I was in a a weird place at work in a corporate job, I, and all my extracurriculars were gone, right? I wasn't exercising in the world. I wasn't doing other things that fulfilled me and nourished my soul and the things that keep me interesting or curious as a person. Work wasn't enough anymore. So I took it as an opportunity to really become introspective and figure out what it is that I'm passionate about. I'm a nerd about supporting people and organizations through moments of transformation. Big nerd. And I thought, okay, well, I have been coaching and mentoring and I love it. And I also do some change management consultant work. Is there a way to make that into a business of its own? And the answer is yes. And so I sat down with my partner right around June, 2020. And I said, look, there's this weird global pandemic that's on and we don't know what's happening in the world. And I'm kind of miserable in my job. He's like, I know. And I said, and I think I want to quit. And he's like, yes, I know. And I said, and I think I want to start my own company. And he was like, great, let's see what we can do to make this happen. So that was summer 2020, and we've never looked back. Upwork Coaching was born. Since then, I have been able to support over 200 individuals in identifying and achieving their goals that allow them to not only spread out, get loud, and be boss bitches, but to really be their truest, most colorful selves, however that looks for them. I love that because I find in the coaching industry, a lot of times coaches tend to focus more on like molding you into themselves or who they think you have to be in order to achieve those goals. And I love when coaches really look at the person and feel like, how can we achieve your goals in a way that is going to feel good for you, make you feel empowered and like you're living your authentic life? I agree. Yeah. The role of the coach isn't to dictate or to prescribe or to sort of like mold you like Play-Doh into a shape, right? The role of the coach is to really listen and understand and be judgment-free and allow you to shine in whatever way you were looking for support to shine. And that's really where I start any coaching relationship is really understanding what makes my clients tick, what's bringing them to coaching and what they're looking to get out of it. So that way I understand how to best support them and meet their expectations in our relationship. Yeah. Do you find that you work with a lot of introverts? Because I know a lot of introverts I talk to, they're like, I hate feeling like people are trying to mold me into somebody that I'm not. Yeah, I do. I work with a lot of introverts and I work with a lot of people who they are like an omnivert, which I don't actually know if that's a real thing or not, but they get a lot of satisfaction from engaging with their clients or their customers or or whatever that looks like, particularly business owners, but then they need a lot of recharge time. They find that they have to sort of manufacture or harvest a lot from themselves to get psyched up for those interactions and then wait for that crackle to happen in the engagement. And then they need the quiet time to rebuild recharge. I also spend a lot of time engaging with, there's a surprising number of introverts who are also business owners. 
I have always been very startled by this. Every time somebody who I think is like an extrovert and they're out in the world and they're on stage and they're speaking and they're wheeling and dealing and they're like, actually, I'm an introvert. I'm always startled because introverts so often are expected to behave in a way that is counter to perhaps their comfort zone. So that way they can be or feel successful based on what they think or what they've been told success should be or should look like. Yeah. I found a lot of bigger like names who like are on these huge stages. And then I find out they're an introvert. I'm like, wow, that's, I never would have expected that. I mean, even me having a podcast, like people who knew me, like in my teenage years and middle school years, they're like, oh my gosh, I can't ever imagine you actually speaking, coaching people, having a podcast. But I mean, you do work, work through those things. And if it feels good to you, I mean, I'm going to keep doing this for as long as it feels good. If it starts to feel like exhausting or like, I'm not looking forward to doing podcast episode recordings, then maybe I'll put a pause on it and come back to it later. But yeah, but I think what you're touching on is not only having healthy boundaries, but also understanding what balance you need in order to be truthful to yourself and where your energy comes from. And I think that's it's really important. If you have the tools at hand to rest, to recover, to get excited in a way that is truthful to you, that's awesome. The moment it becomes unhealthy is, like you said, the moment you need to pause and really reevaluate what you're up to and why. Yeah, I know for me, I have to I call it managing my energy. So I set boundaries around like how many days per week I do calls or meetings or things where I actually have to engage and show up on camera because I know if I have to do too many in a day or if I have to do them in too many days in a row, I'm just going to be exhausted. So I really need to manage my time in terms of how often I actually have to show up. You know, the celebrity people that you're seeing on stages that you discover later on are introverts themselves. I'm trying to think of like how to ask this question. So if they had the opportunity to actually talk about what it meant to be an introvert, but be on that stage, what permission or what opportunities might that unlock in the rest of us who feel like in the day-to-day we have to sort of like grapple with our introvertedness? Wouldn't it be just so beautiful to be able to hear how they handle and manage in the day-to-day and then to see what techniques or tips or tricks they've come up with that we could try for ourselves, especially as we continue to reach up and to aspire to be beyond where we are. That's so true. Especially like, as I imagine at that level, like you would have a team that would like help you manage your calendar and manage like all the other stuff in your business. But even if they were to share what it was like for me five years ago, and like, that would be amazing too. And then what it's like for me now and as an introvert and how I manage things, I would love more people to talk about that because a lot of people don't even share whether they're an introvert or an extrovert. You just kind of have to make assumptions based on what they put out in the world. What do you think people don't talk to it? I mean, I know this is a conversation that's come up on this podcast before. I know for me, it was always that I felt like being an introvert was a negative trait. Like it wasn't something to be accepted. Like it was something that I felt like I had to change about myself. 
on it for the longest time. And it wasn't until I was like, no, I don't need to change. This is just who I am. I need to just accept like, this is my personality. This is how I function. This is how I'm my best self. So I just need to use that as a strength instead of looking at it as a disadvantage. So for me, it was for the longest time was like, I'm pretending to be somebody that I'm not because I feel like I have to. (laughs) Yeah. Thinking back into my own life, I've used words in the past, like shy, which isn't actually entirely accurate or reserved or awkward. And I think they were all descriptors trying to get the same thing to confess introvertedness without having to say, I'm an introvert, and then sort of like shrink back, afraid of the flack that that might come my way, that it might be perceived as a weakness or something lesser. Yeah. I think too, a lot of people are still like not as familiar with what an introvert actually is and what that means. Because I know like a lot of people in my life, they're like, oh, you're so quiet. And I've heard everything like, that I don't talk that, which is true. I don't talk in a social setting until I feel comfortable. And if somebody comes at me and is like, why are you so quiet? That is not going to get me. (laughs) That's just going to make me retreat even further. So I think a lot of people still, they don't really know how an introvert thinks or feels or functions or what actually it means too. Do you think that that's changing as there's more focus placed on individual well-being in the workplace and in the world? Yeah, I feel like definitely at least this last five to 10 years, it's definitely changed. High school years, like I was voted most shy in high school and I was so upset. I was so upset. Like I was in tears because I was trying so hard to like make friends and build relationships. And then I'm voted most shy. And I just, I cried in private, but in public, I was like, oh, well, at least people know who I am. But I took that as such a negative thing. I'm like, why would they vote for, like have that as a voting block? I'm sorry that happened. I'm sorry that affected you in a negative way. Cause I can see where an adolescent might think that this is cool, but it hurts. It does hurt. Yeah. Good old high school years back then. Like we we had like most handsome and like, this is not healthy, like voting system and titles, like, but I'm glad things are changing and we're being more aware of personality traits of mental health and self-care and all of these things. So yes, I think we're definitely moving in the right direction. I agree. So I know marketing is always like a hard point for most introverts. So I'd love to hear like for your business, how do you feel about marketing or or like what is your favorite marketing method or way to connect with potential clients? In general, I feel gross about marketing and it's because in my mind, I equate marketing to sales. And I recognize that sales is only one portion of the true discipline of marketing. But the thing is, I have been in so many networking conversations and I've attended so many conferences where when you actually start to tell people what it's about, it just sort of feels a little smarmy. It feels a little um, plastic and fake, right? And I never want to come across as that. I want to be real and honest and I don't want people to feel like I'm 
selling them snow, you know, but it's something you have to do. So figuring out ways to talk about my work and the services that I offer, the programs that I run in a way that feels real, that feels truthful, and that doesn't trip that smarmy buzzer uh, for myself is a really important way for me to get started in marketing. If I can pass my own sort of tripwire test, then I feel like it's okay to go out into the world. I also, in thinking about marketing as I have grown my business over these last several years, bringing in people who have different points of view and who can push me out of my comfort zone and help bring a little bit of professional tension that also helps me move outside of my comfort zone and elevate beyond where I think I need to be to where I actually can be. Uh, so that's helpful having supporters. And that doesn't necessarily need to be somebody that you pay. It could even just be somebody who is like a business bestie or who has a point of view that you really respect, somebody who you know is invested in you as well as the success of your business. I primarily market through Instagram and LinkedIn. Those are my social media channels. And then of course I have a website and you know an email list, but a way that I have felt and found most effective to marketing. And this goes against so many introvert principles. So I know you and so many of your listeners will understand this is actually getting out and meeting people either by speaking or chatting with people outside of a podcast recording, going to a networking event, even just going to like a small women's gathering at a local maker shop in town. They, they had like a crafting evening. And so like, well, I'm interested in doing, I don't even remember what, I think it was like mosaic tile coasters, something. And I was like, oh, that might be kind of fun and like an easy way to get out of the house for the night. And then if for whatever reason, I cannot talk to people, I can at least do my thing, right? But you at least have the thing, the coaster as an easy way to have a conversation to get started, at least to get beyond my shyness or my awkwardness or any of those things. So getting out and intentionally speaking with people even have aligned interests or small networking groups. I'm part of a group called Upper Left Ladies, which is based out of the Pacific Northwest, even though I am in the East Coast. But it's a, it's a small group of women business owners who are just really cool gals gals and pals. And, you know, knowing that we have shared experiences of being individuals in business and growing businesses and what those challenges mean and how to, to balance and integrate work and life and aspiration and family and dogs and all the things. Having those commonalities is also an easy way to, to get started in chatting about what I'm up to and what my business is doing. I love that. Yeah. Cause we actually connected virtual networking event in a breakout room. <laughs> We did. That's true. This is exactly what I'm talking about, right? It's like, this is it. We both invested in this program together. And then now we had the opportunity to meet in a networking event and here we are. And so it's like a little out of comfort zone. And then you just, you start to funnel it down to the thing that means the most to you, the thing that has the most value to you, which is that one-on-one. -on -one. Well, I say you as in the universal, I mean me, but the the one-on-one -on -one conversation. Yeah. I think a lot of introverts do tend to thrive more when it's one-to-one -one, because I know in, when I'm in those breakout networking rooms, I'm a little nervous and awkward, but if I can make a couple connections that move out of that breakout room, then that's really the goal because I know I'm much better one-on-one. -on -one. So if I can make that initial like little connection or 
some kind of thing we have in common. Like I loved how your rescue dogs, because I I do that too. (laughs) And I have three (laughs) right now. So I love that. And that was like a really big connection point. I was like, yes, you're a dog person. You rescue dogs. We need to connect. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. We could talk about that. I would talk about that until I'm blue in the face. It's funny because we are in 2022 and in January of 2022, I committed to having two 30 minute coffee chats with someone new a month since January. And I have been successful in doing that. And two seems like a small number, but given the fact that I also interact with so many people in the day-to-day through coaching or consulting, two is a healthy number to continue to expand my network, to get out and talk to different people, to find new business friends, to make new connections, to see who they else can refer me to. If there's like another person that's cool that I should speak with, but two is manageable. Two I can prepare for, two I can recover from. I have some friends actually who were even in the same breakout group as us who are doing four or five coffee chats a week. And I just go like, tell me how you do, how do you do that? How do you do that? Yeah. I'd love to know. Cause <laughs> there's no way I could, I know I had a couple weeks, I think it was last month or maybe the month before where I had two weeks where it was just like program calls, live events, meetings, client calls. And <laughs> it was just like way too much. And I knew that looking at the calendar, but I went ahead and I was like, I just got to get this done and I'm going to avoid this from now on. But yeah, it was exhausting. I was like, for the next couple of weeks, like, I don't want to do any calls (laughs) right now. Yeah. The recovery gets longer, doesn't it? The more you do that to yourself. Yeah. I, I wish I could do more, but I think like knowing how much we can do in terms of like what the recovery is going to be like is so important. It's funny that you say that too, because when I think about making new connections now, when I even think about as I was starting the business and recognizing that I needed time to recover, that I needed to have enough presence available for my paying clients, well, then I was also trying to make business friendships. So many of those connections, so much of that time needs to be intentionally planned, right? You can't say yes to everything because maybe that's not actually true to the business or the business owner that you want to be. So when you look at your calendar, right, you had a couple of weeks that was a little hectic and you're not going to do that for yourself again. But even when I look at my weeks, week over week, I think, am I saying yes to this thing because I really want to say yes to this and I am prepared to do the work to have the energy for that conversation or for that experience or for that program? Or am I saying yes, because I am coming from like a scarcity mindset and I'm worried that if I don't say yes, then that's going to be the thing that I miss that could have propelled me to whatever is next for me. So being intentional with what you say yes to and how you book your time and how you hold your boundaries is so, so key. It's so important. I wish I had been more purposeful about that as I was getting started and I was building, I think I would have saved myself a lot of heartache and headache in trying to untangle and recover from things early. Same here. <laughs> Especially when I was first moved into services, I was saying yes to almost any client that came my way. And it was not the right way to build your business, but it's like, how can I turn down money? I can work more hours this week or I can easily do this project for them. And then, I mean, I had at one point 30 
service clients, like on retainer. (laughs) And I was exhausted. But I just tend to be like, I'm much better at it now, but I am definitely a people pleaser. And I'm like, yes, I can do that. Yes, we can add that onto your project. Yes, yes, yes. And yeah, I have to intentionally say no more often. It's kind of like a goal of mine to say no at least a couple of times per week to something. <laughs> yeah, that's great. How are you doing holding on to that goal? Really good. Really good. I, I feel like sometimes I slip back in um, like that week, couple of weeks where I was like, oh, wow, how did this get so booked out? <laughs> but I'm, pr- I'm pretty good at it. Yeah, I've set those boundaries. And if something else comes up, I'll go look at my calendar and be like, no, I just, I can't do it this week or yeah, a lot less problems saying no now than I definitely did starting out. But I I think a lot of entrepreneurs have that problem. They're like, yes, I just want to say yes to everything. Somebody wants to work with me. Yes, let's do it. I'm excited. But yeah. And saying no can also be a yes, right? If you Mm -hmm. say no to this thing, then it gives you maybe an opportunity to take a nap or it gives you an opportunity to get fresh air or it gives you more heads down, big thought time to build out your business, or it gives you time to explore something for a client that you already have. No, isn't always the end of the conversation. And then it's a loss. No can also be a gain or a yes. That's so true. Just going back to like the networking events. So I wanted to share something that I've been thinking about for probably a couple of years, but more seriously in the last couple of months, I've had it in my head that I really want to run because I've been like looking at retreats, business entrepreneur retreats. And I'm like, I really want to go to one, but they always seem like I would be just fish out of water, like so terrified. And I was like, what if I do one for introverts? where we have some built-in recharge time, like everything is optional. Like we're all maybe a little bit awkward and we have icebreakers and (laughs) we can really relate to like stumbling over words or messing up or not wanting to share something. And I was like, I really want to do this. (laughs) I love that. Yes. That sounds like a lot of fun. I dig that. How big in your mind is that retreat? How many participants? I was thinking maybe like 10 to 15-ish just to keep it a small. That sounds dreamy. (laughs) That's a great idea. How many of your listeners would want to attend something like that? I wonder. I did drop a little question in my Facebook group. I was like, I'm just thinking about this. Like, what would you want to have if you were to attend a retreat that like it's a business retreat, there's like workshops and you don't have to attend anything you don't want to. It's more like really relaxed environment. And the couple suggestions were for like, oh, you should, there should be a game night. I was like, oh, that would be fun. <laughs> That's really fun. I love all of this. I can't wait. I'm behaving as though the retreat is happening. So. <laughs> with the way I run with things, it probably will be. <laughs> Neat. Oh, well, whatever I can do to support you, this sounds awesome and like a tremendous service. And what a great way to support other introverts who are looking to do things for themselves, for their business, and knowing that you can come in and be your fullest introverted self. Nobody's going to expect you to sing karaoke. It's not enforced. There was one really amazing retreat I was looking at, and I think it was in Bali. And I signed up for the wait list. And then by the time I got the email, she was like, oh, all the 
single rooms are already gone. And I was like, okay, I'm not going, I'm not sharing a room with a stranger. I'm not going to share a room with a stranger. Oh, absolutely not. I don't blame you for backtracking from that. Bali sounds beautiful though. Yeah. That would be another thing for the venue for the retreat. It would be individual rooms. (laughs) There would not be any room sharing for my introverts. I love everything that's happening. This is great. Yeah. If anyone else is listening is interested, feel free to send me an email. So I know that there's more interest in it because I feel like I definitely want to go on a retreat and find that connection, but I haven't been able to find one where I'm like, yeah, I feel like I would be comfortable here. And it sounds like a fit for me. It's just, it's like, well, maybe I can create it myself. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's how industry happens. You've identified a need. Let's run with it. I love this. So what would you say for somebody who's listening and is like, oh, I love everything you're saying. I really want to work with you. Like how can people typically work with you? Absolutely. So if something that I've said today resonates with you, you're welcome to explore what I'm up to at uproarcoaching.com. Or you can find me at Carrie at uproarcoaching.com. I have one-on-one individual coaching spots available right now in this coming fall, 2022, my program, Busy Bitch, which is an online productivity program, but it is one-on-one, right? It is unique to you. Launches, it's five-week, entirely email-based to help you get through your to-do list and get those things off the back burner that you keep shoving back there. I love that program. I'm obsessed with it. And so that's starting up again this fall. And then I have recently launched Strategic VIP Days, where VIP stands for Vision in Progress. And it supports my non-traditional leaders and business owners in helping figure out what's next. You can think about it like strategic planning light. How do you reimagine what your vision for your organization or your business will be in the next three to five years in a way that really aligns with your leadership style and your values as a leader. And even if you're a small business owner or a solopreneur, there are ways to make this happen for you too. It is like a little group program. So it's leadership teams or individual solopreneurs with key voices that they respect who they want to bring in to help uh, support them as they figure out what's next for them. So one-on-one coaching, busy bitch, strategic VIP days. That's what's on the docket for right now. That's amazing. I love the name busy bitch. That is perfect for a productivity <laughs> <Thank> course. <you. laughs> I love that. Yeah. Cause I feel like so many people, I know I've talked to a lot, the introverts, like in my membership and productivity is one of the biggest foundational pieces. I always talk about like, you need clarity to feel confident And getting clarity means setting up those systems, having automation, like having a flow. (laughs) Yeah. And what's particular, Busy Bitch came about because I was talking to a lot of people, a lot of business owners, a lot of CEOs and VPs, and then just like people I bump into in a bookshop about sort of what are you doing for yourself? How are you committing to the things that you want for yourself? How are you remaining accountable? And many, many people said, I love the idea of coaching. I would make that investment in myself, but I just don't have the time. And, or I'm not interested in the conversation. I don't necessarily want the chit chat. And so what this does is it gets you the opportunity to get all the good things that you would get out of coaching without the actual conversation. It's particularly effective for introverts who really don't want to engage in the big questions or feel like they're in the hot seat because it's email-based. So 
Friday mornings, you'd wake up to three prompt questions from me. Take no more than 10 minutes to answer those questions. I respond back to you on, you know, by Monday morning. Me personally, I respond back. Reflecting back themes, what I'm hearing, challenging you, pushing you a little bit beyond where you are, putting yourself in a box, bringing a lot of humor and love into it as well. I love this program. It's pretty great if I say so myself. That does sound amazing, especially for introverts who like coaching does feel a little terrifying to them, the one-to-one. Yeah. Well, if folks are interested and they mention this podcast, I'm happy to give them a bit of a friends and family discount. Yay. That's awesome. Yeah. We'll have all of your links in the show notes for everyone to check out. Thank you so much. This conversation was awesome. I love talking to you and connecting and yeah, we'll definitely have to connect and chat about our rescue dogs too. Oh, 100%. We're fostering right now. And I'm so thankful. She fell asleep in this easy chair that's like on the other side of my desk. And she's just so cute. I didn't want to move because she's like still finally too. She's five and a half months old. I was like, there's either going to be snoring or she's going to like wake up and go from like zero to full puppy. And then I'll have to pop. But it it worked out beautifully. But yes, anytime. I'm happy to talk about dogs. Any, anytime. Awesome. Me too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me. This was a great conversation. I know a lot of people are going to get so much out of this. I hope so. I look forward to continuing the chat outside of the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. This episode may have ended, but there are ways we can stay in touch until next time. You can join me at theterrorread.com where you can find tons of blog posts and resources that will also help you grow your business. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at introvertcoach, where I share more introvert-friendly and service-based business tips with you. If you love what you're hearing, drop a five-star rating and review telling me what you are loving about the podcast so that I can continue to encourage as many introverted entrepreneurs as possible. Until next time, keep using your introvert superpowers.